Welcome to the BCP Podcast. I am James, a.k.a. BCP. Folks, this is incredible. This is incredible. Now, those of you watching this as members of our BCP family, watching this BCP Unfiltered segment, I appreciate your monthly subscription that makes this show possible. And just so you know, I practice what I uh, I preach. I also support many independent journalists. One of them I support is Emerald Robinson. And boy, does she have one hell of an exclusive. Wow. The monologue that got Tucker Carlson fired. She has here the entire monologue script that was planned for the day April 24th when Fox News stopped Tucker from exposing Ray Epps, Jen Psaki, and AOC in this never-released opening speech. Interesting. I was canceled the day after on April 25th by YouTube supposedly for my coverage of Ray Epps and they said that I was inciting violence and cyberbullying. How you can cyberbully a CIA operative? Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm thinking that Ray Epps is CIA more than just FBI because boy, have they gone to great lengths to cover up the Ray Epps story. So here we go, folks. I'm going to read it. I'm not the great Tucker Carlson. I wish I was an impersonator and I could read it like Tucker Carlson so you can get the feeling of it. But I'm going to read it as if this were a monologue that I had written or someone had written for me, which would be weird because no one writes my monologues. I don't do monologues. I don't do scripts. No one writes scripts. I don't script my own show. You don't really have to script a show when you know what you're going to talk about. Now, obviously, I have tabs um, or I have little bullet points of the topics and then obviously the articles I'm going to read to you, but not any scripts. But let's just pretend that I have my monologue written and this is the monologue I was giving. So here's a note. What follows is the text of Tucker Carlson's opening monologue for his show on April 24th, 2023. He was fired and his show was canceled over concerns by Fox News executives about the content of this monologue, which was never aired. Sections placed in parentheses here are generally directions for where producers should place video clips. All right, and now let's get in to the monologue. Here's the lead I'm envisioning. Sandy Cortez, that is what Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez used to be known as before she became the character AOC. Just in an interview with Jen Psaki, who used to be President President Biden's White House press secretary. For those of you listening to this show, I said President Biden in air quotes because we all know that Biden stole the election of 2020 and isn't the legitimate winner and should not be in the Oval Office. Okay, so that introduction out of the way, let me read this. As it is written. Here's the lead I'm envisioning. Sandy Cortez just in an interview with Jen Psaki in which she demands the authorities pull our show off the air. Members of Congress aren't allowed to talk like this. The Constitution of the United States prohibits it. 
American citizens have an inalienable right to critique and criticize their political leaders. Our politicians are not gods. They're instruments of the public's will. They serve the rest of us, not the other way around. For that obvious reason, politicians can never censor our speech or try to control what we think. That unchanging fact is the basis of our founding documents, of our political system, and our personal freedoms. As a former government official who claims to now be a journalist, Jen Psaki should know this and defend America's foundational principle. She refuses. Instead, Saki nods along like a fan as Sandy Cortez calls for law enforcement to shut down news programming. The White House Correspondents Association and various other self-described advocates of press freedom stay silent too. Apparently, they agree with Ocasio-Cortez or they're too afraid to say otherwise. It's distressing to watch this. The last thing America needs is more public figures saying radical things. What if we came on their air five nights a week and called for Alexandra Ocasio-Cortez to be handcuffed and carted away because we don't like her political views? We could certainly do that. We never would because it would be terrible for our country. Extremism is self-perpetuating. The more you encourage, the more you get exponentially. We don't want that. We want to live in the United States we had a few years ago where people who disagreed with one another were willing to debate directly using facts and reason and didn't call for their opponents' imprisonment. We do whatever we can to return to that standard, including giving Sandy Cortez airtime. She is welcome on this show anytime. We'll travel to meet her anywhere and give her the full hour. We'll be civil and rational and let those watching decide who's got a more appealing vision for America's future. We've asked her to come on this show many times, We'll continue to do that. But in the meantime, because the words of our leaders matter, let's consider the substance of what Sandy Cortez is saying. She's demanded that our show be canceled because things we're saying are, quote, very clearly an incitement to violence. Is this true? Even accounting for the fact that people tend to hear what they want to hear, it is not true. It's a lie. As anyone who watches this show knows, we are opposed to violence not just philosophically, but in practical terms. We're against violent crime, the strong oppressing the weak, we're against the horrors of late-term abortion, and state-encouraged euthanasia. And above all, we're passionately opposed to the violent and pointless cruelty of the war in Ukraine, which the Biden administration could end at any moment, thus saving the lives of innocents, but is instead prolonging purely for ideological reasons. Those are the things we dislike the most, the acts of violence our leaders endorse. Ocasio-Cortez is one of those leaders. She supports every one of those indefensible things, from abortion in the ninth month of pregnancy to extending the carnage in Ukraine. Who honestly is on the side of violence? And where, we wonder, is Ocasio-Cortez on the question of Ray Epps? January 6th was a violent insurrection, they tell us, and on the basis of that claim, They've turned the war on terror against America's own citizens. We believe that this is a false characterization. As we said many times, January 6th was not an insurrection, which is why no one has been charged for that crime. No guns were brought in the Capitol. No plans to overthrow the government have ever been found. It was not an insurrection. But there was violence. A Capitol Police officer called Michael Byrd executed Ashley Babbitt. 
Shipping can make or break a sale, so optimize how you ship your orders with ShipStation. They make it easy to automate and manage orders no matter how big your business grows. And they might even be able to help reduce shipping and warehouse costs. So optimize and keep up your momentum for growth with ShipStation. Sign up for your free 60-day trial now at ShipStation.com and use the code P-O-D. That's ShipStation.com with the code P-O-D. An unarmed protester and was praised for doing so by politicians in both parties. Outside the building, a riot broke out. Windows were smashed, cops were assaulted. We were offended by this on the day it happened, and we said so. We still are. We're against violence. Whether it's in Chicago, Ferguson, downtown Kenosha, or on the west steps of the Capitol building in Washington. The main question from January 6th is, how did the violence start? Nearly two and a half years later, we still can't say with certainty, but there are clues in the contemporaneous videotape. The night before the riot, for example, a man called Ray Epps was caught on camera encouraging protesters to breach the Capitol. The next day, as the violence began, Epps was filmed again doing the same. Was that legal? We can't say. We do know that any fair person would define what Ray Epps said to the crowd on January 6th as inciting violence. Epps encouraged those around him to break the cordon of armed police officers and breach a federal building. What Epps told the crowd to do could only lead to physical conflict. By Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez's standards, Ray Epps should be punished for inciting violence. But Epps hasn't been punished. Unlike more than a thousand other Americans who were not caught on camera encouraging crimes, Ray Epps has never even been arrested. In fact, he's been rewarded generously by the left. Epps is currently being defended with great ferocity by neoliberal Democrats. His lawyer is a liberal activist who once worked for the Democratic Party, as well as its primary firm, Perkins Coey. He now works with Hillary Clinton confidant David Brock. Epps was even defended by the January 6th committee, despite the fact he's the only person we've seen on video encouraging a breach on the Capitol. Details of Kinzinger and Epps here. Let's turn to the Ray Epps conspiracy theory. Um, let's watch a clip of Epps. Uh, uh, the, uh, of the, well, it, there is this clip of, of Epps the night before the insurrection and then during the insurrection. Uh, the night before, he says, tomorrow we need to go to the Capitol peacefully, peacefully. Uh, and then on January 6th, he says, take a step back, we're holding ground, we don't want to get hurt. And the crowd is chanting, fed, fed, fed. Now, you tweeted a rather colorful thread about this baseless conspiracy. You said, quote, he, he didn't enter the Capitol on January 6th and was removed from the most wanted list because apparently he broke no laws. I'm pretty sure the FBI wouldn't be dumb enough to put their own agent on a wanted list. W- what do you make of this? And you have, you know, Republican colleagues of yours in the House and Ted Cruz in the Senate pushing out this, this nonsense, uh, and I don't even understand why. So this is part of this, this whole, like, flood the zone with confusion, with conspiracy. In fact, now the reaction is, you know, uh, I don't know, why wasn't he arrested? Because he did say go into the Capitol. And, and what happens is anytime you call them out on BS, they, there's a circular argument in one way or the other. The truth is the conspiracy said that Ray Epps was an FBI agent. Ray Epps is not an FBI agent. And that is the crux of this FBI conspiracy that somehow maybe their own base is too stupid to, to be able to resist somehow an FBI-inspired insurrection. That's the kind of garbage we're dealing with. And this is new. His name is new to a lot of people. 
but for about the last three months, it's been growing on right-wing Twitter and conspiracy blogs to the point where, you know, whatever percent of the American people actually take it as fact that Ray Epps was an FBI agent. He was not. Last night, Epps appeared on the Democratic Party's biggest television show, 60 Minutes on CBS, to attack this show for asking questions about who he is and why he's never been arrested for what he did on January 6th. When Epps got back to Arizona on January 8th, a relative told him he was on an FBI poster seeking information about certain rioters. We literally hung up the phone and walked right into the house, sat down and called the FBI. Do you remember what you said to the FBI? Told them who I was and that I would cooperate in any way I could. I didn't break any laws. Two months later, he met with agents. So when we met with the FBI, I mean, it was like, oh, finally, we're going to clear this up. Uh, there was no, I take the fifth. There was none of that. It was just like, we're talking right now. And went through everything. And they had a lot of questions. In the summer of 2021, the FBI took his picture off the Bureau's website. Epps thought that would end his troubles, but it only added fuel to the conspiracy. A new piece in Revolver News notes that the FBI removed a photo of Ray Epps from its most wanted page this summer. How about the one guy? Go in, go in, get in there, everybody, Epps. Get in there, go, go, go. Nothing happens to him. As we have so often with his new ally, Ocasio-Cortez, we've asked Ray Epps on this show many times. We'll continue to do that. But given its historical and present political significance, we wanted as many perspectives on January 6th as possible. So we've spoken for more than an hour to the man who was in charge of security that day, the former head of Capitol Police, Stephen Sund. Clips here of Sund showing that Pelosi and the Pentagon and FBI knew violence was coming, but did nothing to stop it. Kept his guys from protecting themselves, hid intel, kept the National Guard from assisting, in other words, they encouraged violence. The former Capitol Police Chief, Stephen Sund. Um, there was a number of um, requests. I went on January 3rd requesting uh, the National Guard from Paul Irving. That was the first request for the uh, for the National Guard. I then went to Mike Stinger, who's the Senate Sergeant Arms. Now, Paul Irving uh, is uh, politically appointed by Speaker Pelosi. Uh, he initially, when I asked for the National Guard on January 3rd, which was a uh, Sunday, it was the first day of the uh, new Congress, uh, he said specifically, quote, I don't like the optics, uh, and besides, the intelligence didn't uh, support it. His concern for the optics, I believe, goes back to Pelosi's decision that, or um, statement that she referred to federal agents in uh, National Guard on the on streets of uh, America as stormtroopers, and I think she just didn't want the look of stormtroopers up on the hill. And then come January 6th, and I think what your what your viewers don't realize is the restrictions I have as the chief of police. I'm one of the only chiefs in the United States. I am the only chief in the United States that has a federal law, a law passed by members of Congress, that prevents me from calling in any federal resources, either in advance, uh, like I tried to do on January 3rd, or even while I'm under attack, without going and getting the politically appointed uh, Sergeant Arms approval. We also spoke to Sund about intel and FBI officers in the crowd. So you have the politically appointed Capitol Police Board that's put uh, in place by, you have uh, the Sergeant Arms that's put in place by Pelosi, you have the uh, Senate Sergeant Arms that's put in place by the uh, Senate leadership, and then you have the architect of the Capitol that's put in place by the, uh, the president. So you have three voting members. I'm a non-voting member. I'm the only non-politically appointed non-voting member, uh, and that's kind of how the security oversight works. Uh, but it was Paul Irving who immediately said, I'm going to run it up the chain. I'll never forget that, run it up the chain. His chain of command ends at Speaker Pelosi. 
and I had to wait 71 minutes to finally get an approval at 2.09 at, uh, p.m. before I could finally reach out and start calling in federal assistance. 71 minutes when men and women fought on the, uh, brutally, I mean, fought heroically to prevent the uh, Capitol from being defended, I mean, from being penetrated, and it took 80 minutes before the first window was broken. So those were critical, essential minutes that we we're losing. Clip here. More undercover feds than he's ever seen at a demonstration. And we spoke about Ray Epps. Clip here. Also include the clip where he says that half of the intel community is run by the Pentagon. Uh, the final intelligence assessment didn't come out to the evening of January 3rd. It was pretty much reviewed maybe on the 4th. But you got to understand, that intelligence assessment didn't even indicate the level of threat that we now know uh, existed. The significant uh, threat that was out there, the fact that the, the FBI was tracking 18 domestic um, uh, terrorist suspects that were coming to the Capitol. Uh, and my intelligence unit on the 4th, 5th and 6th put out intelligence that was saying low probability of civil disobedience. And what's interesting is, is my, my deputy chief and assistant chief over intelligence even had me approve, uh, recommended approval for the uh, uh, permits that were taking place on Capitol grounds. Most of those approvals came through on the 4th. So, you know, here we are, the 5th, I've got a big um, uh, video call with all the heads of intelligence, uh, law enforcement agencies from the District of Columbia, as well as military uh, leadership in, in D.C., and no one's... No one's setting up the balloon or uh, ringing any alarms about the intelligence. I'm thinking it's better if we don't have a guess with this. This way we can stay precise in what we say. Now, if you're like me, what caught my attention when I originally read this article and one of the reasons why I said I've got to do this as the opening segment for BCP Unfiltered and make sure that this segment of BCP Unfiltered is what I put up on Rumble is a clip that we don't have here of Sun saying that half of the intel community is run by the Pentagon. We don't have this hour-long interview that he had with Sun. Half of the intel community is run by the Pentagon. That's why I'm saying Ray Epps at this point isn't just some FBI Fed operative. We've seen everyone deny the question that have been asked. Remember Ted Cruz tried to get the answer to that. Uh, no one could say he's not FBI. He's CIA. Kind of like Peter Strzok is not FBI. He's CIA planted in the FBI, and Ray Epps probably is as well. Now, I find this very interesting because if we go to the top of, the, uh, of this monologue script in which Tucker Carlson is talking about that exposing these things, you're... you're called an extremist who's inciting violence. My reporting of Ray Epps was considered inciting violence and that I was cyberbullying. That's that's the false reason, excuse, justification that YouTube gave for taking down my channel. And then even after my attorney reached out to YouTube, they upheld their permanent suspension of the Black Conservative Patriot channel because of inciting violence and cyberbullying of Ray Epps. That's how, that's how they interpret it. And that's also why they took Tucker off the air. I guess I'm in good company, except for the difference in that my Black Sort of Patriot Twitter account is still banned on Twitter. I've asked for uh, several times, I want to say at least three times, for them to review and unban my 
Twitter account, my Black Soda Patriot Twitter account with 30,000 plus uh, subscribers, followers, and they haven't done it yet. So in that, Tucker is beating me. And just about everybody else, they've been let back on Twitter, but I have not. We do have a Twitter account for the show, though, the, BC, uh, the BCP Podcast. Make sure you check it out. The link is down below. Gotta give us what we want. Uh. Gotta give us what we need. Hey. Our freedom of speech is freedom of death. We got to fight the powers that be. Fight the powers.